Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Recording this on New Year's Day. Very grateful. Gosh, I love New Year's Day. (laughs) That's why I like to make it a work day, uh, because I love my work, and I love the energy of the new year. So let's jump into a prayer here. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we open our heart, open our mind to the fullness of love. That is our true identity. We are grateful to allow ourselves to fully expand into the awakened awareness. We join together, transcending time and space, to recognize that our life is a life of love. We are willing to walk the talk, to live the love, and to be that representative of the one who sent us. We are grateful and thankful to join together for the purpose of awakening, for the purpose of living the love. We share the benefits with everyone and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So grateful. So very, very grateful. Hmm, yes, yes, yes. Well, checking in with Spirit about the topic for this episode, what I got was to do a year in review and to share what I experienced last year and things that I discovered, and we'll see what unfolds here. So for me, I really decided many years ago to live these teachings of A Course in Miracles as best I could. And I would say there's no day that I don't fall off the wagon, so to speak. And I don't expect myself to stay on the wagon and not fall off. To me, it's not about not falling off. It's about always getting back on and how quickly can I get back on. And so it's also about not judging myself for falling off the wagon, not judging myself for misstepping but having compassion, having self-compassion, self-love, and being gentle with myself, because I used to be quite 
harsh with myself. And I find that most people are insanely harsh with themselves. And their mind is a punishing mind. And I've been deeply influenced by the teachings of the Course about punishment versus correction. I've talked about this many times. And if you go to the episodes from, I don't know, maybe 2021 or 22 about the laws of chaos, uh, that's one of the laws of chaos, the laws of the ego, is that everybody deserves to be punished. And Jesus teaches that a loving Father, a loving God, doesn't punish but offers correction. And that's when I discovered that in the Course. It had a profound effect on me to stop punishing myself and offer correction, encouragement, and compassion instead. And uh, that, that in and of itself, that one part of my spiritual practice, and my spiritual practice is how I live my life. So my spiritual practice is not uh, something I do for a set period of time per day, although I certainly have meditation and prayer practices that I do. I meditate every night before I go to bed. I pray before I go to bed. Uh, much the same as I take a shower before I go to bed. I brush my teeth. I floss my teeth. These are my bedtime practices for cleansing and clearing and going to sleep in a state of peace and harmony. Uh, so just as I have those practices, uh, I, my real spiritual practice, or the, actually the focal point, point of my spiritual practice, is working with my mind throughout the day. And I do show it, see it showing up in my dreams as well, that in my dreams I'm working with my mind. And very often in my dreams I am sharing with people how I'm working with my mind and the discoveries that I have. So... My waking life and my sleep life are very similar. It's kind of interesting to me because I used to have nightmares frequently and uh, I, I don't have them anymore. I'm very, very glad for that. Oh gosh, am I glad for that. I used to have the kind of nightmares where I'd be thrashing, uh, trying to wake myself up to get the hell out of that horrible, horrible hellscape of a dream. And uh, just, ugh, horrible dreams. And I'm so glad that that has gone away and I sleep peacefully. Sometimes I have dreams that are where there are challenges, but it doesn't feel like a nightmare. It doesn't feel like a horror and a hell. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So overall, my last year experience was that I noticed that I was more peaceful than I had been in my entire life. Continuously peaceful. 
And again, not that I don't get irritated or frustrated or annoyed at things I do, but even that, which I've always been upfront about because I, I do not wish to be one of those spiritual teachers that lies, uh, because spiritual teachers do lie, uh, sad to say, or whatever. Um, that's their stuff. I'm interested in being always speaking truth, always speaking truth, and not pretending at all about my experience, my thoughts, my life, my choices. Uh, just the other day, one of my relatives accused me of being insensitive. And um, whether I was or not is, I think, subjective. But um, be that as it may, as my grandmother used to say, <laughs> um, when my relatives said, I think you were being insensitive there. Uh, I said, oh, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. And I can agree or disagree. That's less important to me. But I'm always interested in getting people's feedback, especially if it's delivered with love, with kindness, with helpfulness. And to me, that's one of the things that is the hallmark of a good relationship is that someone could come to you and say, um, I, I know you're a very loving person and you're interested in being as loving as you can. This kind of felt unloving to me. I don't know what uh, was going on there, but I don't know if you noticed it. That kind of thing. I, I would always appreciate hearing that. And I don't, I'm not a saint, and I am not pretending to be one. And I get annoyed, I get frustrated, I get irritated, and sometimes it shows. And sometimes I don't recognize what's going on. There's something I don't see, so I'm not intentionally insensitive, I hope, uh, but I might not pick something up that somebody else would pick up, and I'd like to know about that. Just like if somebody said to me um, I, that haircut you had last year I thought was more flattering to you than this one, and um, I'm just giving you that feedback. If it's f from a friend who loves me, I'm so open to that because... I'm going to make my own choices and decisions based on what I feel and what I like and don't like. And I can totally handle and welcome feedback. To me, it's one of the greatest helps, especially for me as a leader in the ministry. So I don't pretend that I'm always loving or always kind or always perceptive, always seeing everything. I, I'm having a human experience, and I actually quite like the human experience now. I used to hate it. But now uh, it's kind of marvelous to me in so many ways. It's marvelous to me that we can learn anything at all. It's marvelous to me that we can go from being wrong-minded to right-minded. It's 
it's absolutely extraordinary and wonderful and delightful and marvelous that we can be filled with self-hatred and transform that into self-love, which I have done. And that is extraordinary to me. And helping others do it, because I know how valuable it's been to me, helping other people do it is the joy of joys. It's There's nothing that's more interesting to me. I have very little interest in seeing the sights of the world, but I'm very interested in all of us seeing the Christ within. That is so interesting to me. And uh, I, I saw in this past year that I was very peaceful almost all the time. And that things that would have bothered me in the past didn't bother me at all. Now, this is one of the most happy-making and just, don't want to overuse the word wonderful, but <laughs> it is wonder-filled, wonderful um, to me that in our spiritual journey, because I talk about this with people all the time. Remember, I'm in classes multiple times a week. I'm in one-on-one -on -one conversations with people multiple times a week. So I'm constantly in this conversation of really looking at how people feel and what they're thinking and what's going on with them. And I enjoy it so tremendously. To me, there's nothing in the world that's more interesting or fascinating or just beautiful, extraordinary, miraculous than each one of us and what we think and how we feel and the extraordinary gifts that come from being willing to place our attention on going the other way when we're unhappy and miserable. I've had so many profound changes in my life that I never imagined could happen for me, that they would never be possible. The obsessive-compulsive thinking, the obsessive-compulsive behavior has fallen away, and that is just a miracle to me. Uh, so, in reviewing this past year, one of the things I noticed in conjunction with the peace that I've ex I'm experiencing in my life now, and I, I talk about this too because I believe we can all experience this. I, I don't believe that I'm special, uh, but I do know about myself that I went from believing these extraordinary, miraculous results were possible, but not for me. I was so in that mindset that, yes, spiritual practices can heal the mind, but not if you're as effed up as I am. I really did believe that. And it I can see in hindsight that part of my thinking was, and therefore, why bother? Why go all the way? Why really 
dedicate yourself to it. But as I practiced some of the time in going the other way, it got easier and easier until I got to the point where I only wanted to go the way of love. I only desired to be at peace. And I saw that it was my choice and that life was definitely not happening to me. I gave up the idea that life was happening to me. Now, I will admit that I would snatch it back multiple times a day and blame other people for how I thought and how I felt and what was happening to me. But then I would realize, no, I am not a victim of this world. No, I, I live in the love of God, as the love of God, with the love of God, for the love of God. I serve the light. That's my life. That's what I'm doing. And so I cannot be a victim of this world. My mind is the mind of God. Therefore, I cannot be a victim of this world. I can't. It's not possible. It's just a trick of the mind to think that I'm a victim of this world. And victim consciousness is so popular. It is so popular, and people will absolutely try to coerce you into going along with it because they want everybody to think like them, right? Oh, look, I, I, I'm driving this car. Don't you want to drive this car and validate my choice? Oh, I'm thinking this thought. Don't you want to think this thought and validate my choice? Oh, I'm eating this kind of diet. Don't you want to eat this diet too and validate my choices? You know, but I moved out of wanting the validation from the world because it's an empty pursuit. And everybody's going to find that out eventually. What we're interested in is the actual feeling of alignment with love. And no amount of validation from the world can give us that feeling of being in alignment with love, which is our true nature, our true identity. So what happened for me in the previous year, the peace that I experienced, I believe, and I'm using that word carefully, I would say that I know, but I'm, I would say I'm 99% sure. Okay, as I'm talking about it, I'm 100% sure. <laughs> I know that the reason why I have the peace of God that I have now is because the year before, I I had in in uh, for a couple of years some grievances that were really niggling at me, uh, and they're just really one grievance uh, related to something that was going on in my family where. Um, I was being called a liar, but I wasn't a liar, and I just wasn't a liar. And 
it was a story that people had made up based on their projections and perceptions. And it was hurtful to me. And even though I could look at it all from a very high spiritual perspective, it was triggering vestiges of old beliefs that I'm bad. I, now, I, I would say that I really didn't feel like I was bad anymore and hadn't felt that particularly for years. But when this, when they started calling me a liar, just making stuff up, I, I got triggered. And I worked with it. Believe me, of course I did. I, I do exactly what I teach. I don't do one thing and say another. I don't do that. That's not how I live. Uh, I, I couldn't live that way. It would feel too disjunctive, too confusing. Um, I, I like everything to be in alignment with love and with God now. I don't wish to go back and forth. But this thing, it, it, it was definitely, it hooked me. And I was watching it carefully. And I reached a point, uh, which is often how it happens with me, where I just, in a sense, put my foot down. And I just say, I've had enough. I cannot hold on to this belief one more second. I refuse to carry this basket of BS one more minute. I'm done with it. This is not happening to me. There's something in me that is generating this experience, something in my awareness that's generating this experience, and it's triggering me so that I demand of myself a healing. I am no longer willing to carry this and any residue of this I give to God for healing. And I, I really, instead of kind of, sort of working with it and this feeling there's a, still a little bit of an attachment there to being attacked, feeling that I'm a victim. Still just a little bit of something there. And I did my spiritual practices of prayer, and I don't even know how to describe them quickly in this moment, but I did my spiritual practices. And it unhooked. It unhooked. And the people who were calling me a liar were willing to sit down and just look at the facts, uh, which were very tangible. And they went, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I see now. You weren't lying about this at all. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you had these, these um, facts here. I didn't know you had this evidence. I'm like, well, I've been telling you this for two years. But it wasn't until I was not interested in being crucified as a victim, sacrificed in that way, 
that, and I really, really unhooked it. It wasn't until then that the people who were attacking me said, oh, oops, my bad. And so I was clear then, as I am now, that all of it was for me because nothing in this world is against me. So even though their attacks on me seemed to be against me, they weren't. Without those attacks, I wouldn't have discovered that festering sore that remained in my consciousness. It would have continued to fester until something else triggered it and brought it to the forefront of my awareness. And this is helpful to us in understanding how it could possibly be that everything works together for our good. As I frequently say, it's not that everything is intended for good because it wasn't intended for good from my family, but it was intended for good from my consciousness. And so we can't understand things from the surface mind. I don't know what anything is for from the surface mind until I can see through all directions of time and space and understand cause and effect in every situation, I find it's more helpful to just reside in I do not know what anything is for. I've become content to know that everything works together for my good and I'm interested in accepting my good, so I don't wish to spend time anymore on saying that's not good. Because the grace of God will show me that it's useful and helpful to me. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles that I love so much. It's time for me to go for a break, and I invite you to consider joining me this year in Masterful Living, my year-long course, where we do this work together. And it's fun, it's joyous, and it's deeply healing. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Thank you for rejoining. So, talking about working at the level of the mind, I am going to do a very short commercial for two things. New Year Reboot is a program that lasts a couple of weeks. We have a handful of sessions, and it begins on Saturday, January 6th, with a four-hour workshop with me highly interactive, highly interactive, and I love that. I love doing this New Year work. I love setting the trajectory for the year. I love it because people 
so often tell me at the end of the year, oh my God, when I set those intentions, when I did that work with you at the beginning of the year, I thought, eh, here we go again, just pie in the sky. But so much of it came through for me this year. It really did unfold for me this year. It really did work this year. So it's the way we do it, it's really wonderful because it's all working at the level of the mind and that's where the work needs to be done. So rather than trying to change our behaviors, we're changing our thinking because as we all know, we can change our behaviors to get in shape, to lose weight, to quit smoking. But if we don't shift our consciousness, we're just going to go right back to it probably even harder. It's like people will escape a toxic relationship, but if they don't shift their consciousness, they just get into another one. It's like people will do, as I have done, paid off all my debts, but not shifted my consciousness and then developed even three times as much debt to have to pay off. So that's why I am 100% clear that working at the level of the mind is the way for us to do this work because it works, it works, it works, it works. And it's so thrilling that it does indeed actually work and we can be successful. Even us, even me who believed it couldn't work for me, it did work for me. So (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And uh, New Year Reboot's one of the lowest cost things I do all year. So come and join me. It's worth it even if you just come to the first session. All right. So that's January 6th and New Year Reboot. That entire program is a bonus, a free bonus if you're registered for Masterful Living this year. Now, people tell me all the time, oh, I I was going to do it for three, four years in a row. I'm so glad I finally did it. I don't know what I was waiting for. This, I wish I had done this three, four years ago when I first heard about it. So do yourself a favor and just at least check out Masterful Living. People find all kinds of excuses to say, oh, I'll do it next year, but now is the time. And it, we've got a money-back guarantee. We've got, we'll do everything we can to support you in having it be the most life-changing, transformative year of your life, no matter how far off you think you are from it ever working for you. It can work for you if you're willing. Just got to have willingness. So check it out, all the details at jenniferhadley.com. So I feel clear that the reason why last year was so peaceful for me, and I expect this year to be even more peaceful, was because I had let go of that hook uh, and the... The upset of the previous two years, which I was working with, kind of whittling away at it, I finally let it go, and then the peace was the natural state. Peace is all there is. So peace is not because we've arranged things in the world to make us feel peaceful. It's because our mind is peaceful 
And then regardless of what's going on in the world, we still feel peaceful. And I've seen that play out in the past year, year and a half, that uh, there can be challenges and I don't feel particularly threatened or worried or concerned because I'm placing my faith in God and I know that I live and move and have my being in God. That That is the truth of it. And so God is for me, not against me. Now, many people do have anger at God, resentment towards God. They have these thoughts and feelings that God has let them down, etc. And all of that makes sense to me. And I would say that that is a wrong view of God, a wrong view of the world, a wrong view of consciousness, not that the person is wrong or bad for thinking that way. It's just an exploration in thought. Oh, let me see how far down the rabbit hole of insanity, uh, illusion and delusion I can go. So I've been there. I've done that. And I explored it all. I learned a lot. And now I'm able to share from the my experiences of exploration. That's a good, beautiful, and wonderful thing that I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade it. So did I need to go down the rabbit hole in order to get where I am? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. I did. That's what happened. And I feel now that I live in this, much more in this eternal now moment where... I'm a follower of God's impulse. I'm listening to the fields all the time. And I am following guidance and direction, which I know comes from my own self, because there is no other. So it's not that I myself am all there is, God is all there is. I am part of God. That's how I think of it. And what I also noticed in this last year is that people can behave unkindly. Um, they come at you from the lens of their stuff. They, they blame, they attack, they do what they can. And our job is to love them anyway. Our job is to not ignore the display, but to recognize it is a display based on false beliefs and that at any moment that person could return to their right mind and the display would end. So what I also notice that I feel now is that regardless of what other people do and don't do, even their attacks 
cannot wound me. Um, I get disappointed sometimes. I feel confronted at times. But for me to feel wounded and really hurt, that would require me to shift my consciousness back into being a victim, which I'm, it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't see how to put that genie back in the bottle. You know, I'm not a victim of this world, and I'm not interested in thinking that way anymore. Uh, not that it never comes up, but it's instantaneous that I notice it doesn't feel good, and so I do not wish to hold on to it. So what I'm experiencing now is that this way of living and thinking and being just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so there's more happiness, more peace, more love, more joy, more of the fullness of God's infinite magnificence as my day-to-day -day experience. Now, I wouldn't say I'm living in la-la land, so to speak. I'm very day-to-day, -day, like, okay, going to cook the potatoes, going to walk the dog, shovel the snow, all of that. Uh, but nothing feels like a burden anymore. Some things feel like, oh, geez. On one level, I'd rather that not have to deal with that. On another level, I know that I'm going to bring benefit by de dealing with that. So, yeah, I'll deal with that. Sure. Because I know that more love will come, more peace will come, more joy will come. And I, I'm interested in seeing just how wonderful this life can be. Uh, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in that versus seeing temples and mountaintops and museums and things like that. For, the, for me, the whole reason to travel is to be able to be with people and to teach and to share, to join with others. That's the whole reason to go anywhere or do anything, including being with my family, including being with my friends. It's just the joining. And uh, having just spent uh, a week of Christmas with my family, and before that, a couple of days at Lisa Natoli and Bill Free's house, it's wonderful to be in that space day after day after day with other people and people say what would you like to do and to be honest like oh I can come up with some things I'd like to do but I just want to be with you really so like if you want to make hot dogs eh, I'm not really a hot dog person but we could make hot dogs or if you would like to go out to the park, uh, I'll go to the park. You know, I just would like to be with you. I want to play board games. I play board games. You want to play games? I want to play games. 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 And I'll do things that I like to do. I like to make my gluten-free banana muffins, my banana bread muffins. They're crazy yummy. So I'll make those. 
I don't really eat eggs anymore, but I'll make egg bites for everybody. <laughs> because you like them. And that gives me pleasure. And I enjoy making them. I'll do, I'll do the dishes. I'll do the dishes again and again and again. Doing the dishes twice a day. And other people, they don't feel like doing the dishes. That's fine. I don't care. You're, you're on vacation. I'm just living my life. And I'm happy to, to do these things. So that sense of peace comes from not having attachments to how it should be or how I wish it were, but really being able to be in the moment with what is the most loving thing? What is the most peaceful thing? What is the most harmonious things? Now, I just so you don't think that I'm... I don't know what the word would be, um, just a pushover or something like that. If people say, uh, what about doing this, and I don't want to do that, I say, no, I don't want to do that. Or, oh, let's, 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 you know, in, let's decorate the room this way. No, I don't want to decorate it that way. Um, let's hire this person. I don't have a good feeling about them. I, I don't have a problem speaking up and sharing my preferences, my perceptions, and all of that. Uh, but at the same time, if things aren't my way, how I would do it, that's okay, I'll do it your way. I really, because the peace is more important to me now. So that's a wonderful thing. And spending time with other people, I see how some people really need it to be their way. They need to be right. They need to make others wrong. And I see none of that makes them happy. And that's how I used to be. I needed to make other people wrong in order to feel better about myself. I needed to make other people wrong. And I didn't understand that every time I chose to act that way and be that way, Later, I would feel terrible about myself. I didn't understand that those things were connected, that the needing to be right and to make other people wrong was connected to my feeling terrible about myself. I didn't understand it. But now that I understand it, I'd like to help people uh, as much as I can in not generating the experiences that lead them to feel later that they're a horrible person. So sometimes that does mean confronting people. Uh, just had an experience like that with uh, one person in my family who can be sarcastic, unkind, uh, pushing buttons, and I, when they started to go there in the conversation with me, I said, well, now you're being disrespectful, and I don't want that in our relationship. It's not good for us, so let's just leave it here and not continue. And I could see, oh, they wanted to continue. I said, no, I, let's not continue. This is not good for us. It's not good for our relationship. You know, I I can hear everything you have to say, but if you're going to be unkind and disrespectful, let's just leave it here now. And because I was 
clear and I wasn't telling them what to do. I was just saying, suggesting the reasonable thing is not to continue. I didn't need to be right about the conversation. I could totally, let, you know, say, I see what you're saying. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate you. And leave it at that. So, but a lot of people, that's not enough. That's not enough. And they'll take it some steps further. They want to punish people, make them feel bad and guilty and ashamed. And why do they want to do that? Because then later they will feel bad, guilty, and ashamed for being so awful, so unkind, so unloving. And it keeps their cycle and their self-perception going. And I'm not interested in helping people maintain and affirm their own negativity. And I'm really grateful that I've learned how to say it with authentic, emphatic, kindness, non-judgment, also just no. No, no. And it's not a discussion. It's just, uh, no, I'm not going to play that game. No. Don't need to make you wrong for playing the game, but this now is not something for me to participate in. I'm taking my check, I'm paying the bill, and I am going to leave now with a smile on my face and love in my heart, wishing you well, all love, all the time. That's what I'm interested in. And I am one of the other reasons why I can see and feel and know that I am more peaceful than I've ever been in my life is I am not interested in retaliating. So the kinds of thoughts like, well, I hope they get theirs. No. I desire everybody to have realizations of truth. No punishment. Only loving correction. I can be that vehicle for loving correction or not. It doesn't matter to me. I'm open. I'm available. I'm willing. I'm really interested so much in this new year in focusing on being truly helpful. Now that has been a focus of my life for years, years and years. But there's something about it this year that I'm just resonating with at a higher level. So as you no doubt have heard me say in previous episodes, in that truly helpful prayer, the first line is, I am here only to be truly helpful. 
So in that truly helpful prayer, which is on page 28 in the FIP version, it's chapter 2, section 5A. Um, It says, you can do much on behalf of your own healing and that of others in a situation calling for help. If in a situation calling for help, you think of it this way, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. It's uh, just at the very uh, end of that section, which is right... uh, It's in the A section, Special Principles of Miracle Workers. Um, I'm here only to be truly helpful. There's no other purpose. And how do I be truly helpful? I forgive. How do I forgive? I let go of the meaning I made of things. I'm here to represent him who sent me. So when I am forgiving, when I am choosing the atonement, accepting the atonement for myself, then I am representing God. I am being truly helpful. Because when we walk the talk, we are walking in the awakened mind. And when people are around, people who are uh, in the awakened mind, it assists them in leveling up. Now, in chapter 4, section 7, paragraph 8, it talks about the truly helpful people. And... uh, I I have been very influenced by this. So this is section, section eight is called creation and communication. And in paragraph eight, it says, God is praised whenever any mind learns to be wholly helpful, completely helpful. This is impossible without being completely harmless because the two beliefs must coexist. The truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos and so nothing can help them. Their helpfulness is their praise of God and he will return their praise of him because they are like him. So what I'm talking about in terms of people can confront me, attack me, and I can be loving with them and say, instead of like, hey, I don't appreciate you talking to me that way, although I did say, now you're being disrespectful, and this is where we should just stop. Um, in a, With a different person in a different situation, I might say, if someone was starting to be disrespectful with me, I might say, hey, what's going on now? Because it feels like you're starting to attack me. Is everything okay with you? Is there something you need to be at peace now? Is there something I can do 
to support you in coming back to peace so we don't have to go down that road of attack. See, I don't have to defend myself. Most of the time I don't feel a need to defend myself. And when I do feel a need to defend myself, I recognize it as a secret desire to attack. And I'm just not interested in attack anymore. Remember, like attracts like. So when I was in attack mode most of the time, I constantly felt that the world was attacking me. What I didn't understand was, no, I am attacking the world, and that is why I feel attacked by the world. It's coming from me. The, the like attracts like. Because now, even when, and I know I've said this so many times, but now even when people do attack me, I, don't, I see that there's no, nothing about it that's personal. They're just doing what they do. And I am here to help them interrupt that pattern. And that's what being truly helpful is. And so I am inviting spirit to show me the way to be as helpful as I possibly can be. That to me is the most exciting opportunity that life has for me, is to be as helpful as I can be. To represent God so clearly and so beautifully that people will be inspired and uplifted. I don't have to talk them into it. I just live how I live and people go, oh wow, yeah, that's for me. And again, no specialness, not interested in specialness. No, 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 no. Because I'm interested in demonstrating that these principles are so profoundly healing when we work them together that people will just get that without it having to be explained. And they'll be turned on by it and excited by it and enthused about it as I am. <laughs> because there's nothing more exciting to me than the fact that I could go from feeling like I was evil and really believing that to absolutely knowing the Christ within. That, that level of resurrection, redemption, that's what I'm interested in for everyone. And I'm so passionate about it because it's so, I see it and feel it as so doable. And so I'm glad we're connected. I'm glad, and I feel our connection. And I'm so grateful. I place my hands on my heart. Take this breath of love and gratitude and recognize the beauty of God is within us now and forever. We are one with the one forever and ever, and we share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we are one with them. We allow this healing to fully be made manifest, and so it is.